0: Well, I just got back from Hawaii, and I got to tell you, uh, I had an amazing time, in case you're concerned, but uh, mostly because I had my blenders, my blenders I wear. And uh, what was really nice about this is uh, I had, uh, I lost my first pair. It's all right. I, I bought two pair because they're so goddamn affordable. That's right. Blenders, unlike expensive big brand shades, you've probably lost like uh, I have. Blenders are actually affordable. That's right. So... You're not going to cry as much when the inevitable happens as it did for me. Their goal is to create adventurous mid-priced eyewear options with the same cool factor as the leading styles to score 15% off your Blender's purchase. Visit Blender'sEyewear.com and enter promo code V I A L L V I P. That's Blender'sEyewear.com code V I A L L V I P for 15% off. Blender's rocked with pride worldwide. Americans overspend on car and home insurance by billions every year, and that's where The Zebra comes in to help save you money because we all like saving money. That's money you could have spent on all sorts of other wonderful things. The Zebra is the nation's leading insurance comparison site for car and home insurance. Admitted, you can compare policies from every major provider for free. Make insurance your smartest purchase yet. Visit thezebra.com slash V I A L L. That is thezebra.com slash V (laughs) I A L L. Hey everybody, what's going on? It's Monday. Uh, I'm Nick, uh, joined by the <laughs> the team, uh, Amanda Alley, Chrissy, how are you ladies doing? Magic. Magic.
1: It's magic. They're doing good. Wow. We're having magic moments. <laughs> you just came back from Hawaii and it's four inches of snow on the ground here for me.
0: Do you really? How far? Yeah,
1: my coach is like so cold. You're welcome. <laughs>
2: Ouch. <laughs>
0: Or, or, what are you, what are you, what are you guys been up to?
2: Um, my sister got engaged. Oh, that's cool. Fun. Yeah.
0: Do you like her fiance?
2: Yeah, they've been dating for twelve years. Okay. So I've known him half my life.
0: So what made him finally pop the question?
2: I, you know, he wanted to make sure he could get her the ring she deserves, and it's gorgeous. It
0: was it? Was it about the ring?
2: Uh, well, they've also moved around. She's a doctor, so he's like, she's a senior resident and they're all over the place, so. What's he do? He's a landscape architect. Huh. Currently working for the city
1: of Denver doing park design.
0: Congratulations to the both of them.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe it. What are you And been Nick, doing? you and I have been doing this for a year.
0: Oh yeah, welcome back, Chrissy.
1: <sighs> Thank you, that's so crazy. It's been a year already, it went by so fast. It's
0: probably time to move on, I'm just kidding. <laughs>
1: all right cool that works no, that, out
0: great see ya uh, <laughs> uh we have a great episode for you today uh it's amazing thank you for all our callers for calling it in uh please send me your questions at asknickacastmedia.com cast with a k and uh, be sure to tune in wednesday for an amazing episode with the legendary ben folds and oh, God. God, we have such a great one of my favorite, one of my favorite conversations. All my conversations are favorite, but he's a an intellectual and uh I was I was nervous talking to him. It turns out we had a great great time. What a guy. I have a crush on him now. Uh interesting, fascinating guy. Anyways, be sure to tune into that. Uh, and, and um, I think that's it. Great, let's get to our callers.
1: What's your time with me?
0: Let's ask Nick your sexy questions.
1: How's it going? It's
3: going really good. How are you? Good. What's your name? My name is Ginger and I am 33 years old.
0: Hi, Ginger. How can I help?
3: Okay. So I'm a, I am ai was a little hesitant even saying this because I know that this is really kind of weighted. Um, So I am a 33-year-old virgin and I know that that has a lot of connotations. It's oftentimes my own insecurities being projected onto other people and how they perceive that because I feel like when I say that people think oh what's wrong with her and why is she like that so um well right off the bat
0: I mean it sounds like you're just yeah like I said you're just projecting how do you know what other people think have you pulled everyone
3: not yet but I feel like my anxieties have you know pulled them for me and so
0: you I mean like my point is you saying that right off the bat is that's what you assume people think of you and then it becomes an insecurity of yours
3: right absolutely absolutely um so
0: so why why are you a virgin?
3: I for two different reasons I think. The first okay. one being that I you think? um grew up, <laughs> well I I know I I know. It's I, you. Well I wish my own perceptions. Right, right, right. Um so the first one is being that I grew up in a really conservative religious household where okay. sex is reserved for marriage. Sure. And then that Dude. coupled with cuz I did have a period of time where I left church and like you know, had a fun time and came back. So I'm active in that faith still. But the other part of that is that I was also sexually abused as a child and then assaulted when I was a late teen. So I have a unhealthy perception of, you know, what sexual intimacy is. And so I have a fear of saying no. So I don't even allow the opportunity for me to get in a relationship with a man. So that's another part of my insecurities is I have never been in what I consider a serious relationship with a man ever because I've always avoided it at all costs just because I'm afraid of what will happen. Should I be in a situation where I can't where I where like something's going on and I don't feel like I can advocate for myself to say no because that's
0: you yeah, know, what happened I, when I
3: was 19. So,
0: I'm, I'm, um, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You had to deal with that. Are, have you gone to therapy? Have you worked on I mean, that's you, you have. yes,
3: Yeah. So I went to therapy like four years ago and, uh, addressed it. Like I was in therapy for like a year. Of okay. course there's like ongoing things that I need to check in on, but you know, therapy gets expensive. I was in grad school. And so now I'm, back in the market looking for therapists because i know that i'm trying to open myself back up to dating and to put myself out there and i don't think that it will be a wise decision for me to do without having a therapist to bounce things off of so i'm getting back in that market um but my main questions that i have for you are is it possible in this dating world to date with sex off the table, and then if it is possible, is there a specific time that it would become the business of my partner that I am a virgin? If that, if that's any of his business at all.
0: Well, I mean, anything's possible, right? But like, right? You know, I just think based on what you're telling me, um, you should take the therapy aspect in your own, you know, things that you're working on very seriously and. Mm -hmm. you know I like you know money matters I get it and there's a cost associated with it but like given how much this is impacting your life right and your Mm -hmm. ability or inability to make any type of connect you're so avoidant to like anyone because of this trauma that you experienced right I would spend all your disposable income on on taking care of yourself, you know, we spend all this money to make ourselves feel good on clothes, trips and, and whatever, but like, you know, you have this trauma and I would I would focus on this because your question about like, is it possible to, like your, essentially your question is, can I, you know, I'm gonna go to therapy, yeah, but like in the meantime, can I just get away with still like not dealing fully with my trauma and and still date? and 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 build a relationship and i mean technically yeah maybe to a certain extent but like you're going to experience so many roadblocks right first like so like is it possible sure like you have to like literally win the lottery with someone who either a shares You know has their own trauma so they're just as avoidant and just as detached so you you guys don't talk about like being intimate (laughs) uh, which has its own problems and on its own right so like that would be a relationship and and maybe you avoid dealing with sex and 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 talking about it but like you clearly aren't connecting right part of a relationship Mm -hmm. is sitting down and being vulnerable and and sharing an intimacy whatever that intimacy is and intimacy can be more way more than just sex but you know you have this fear of of saying no so you're so detached and and i'm so sorry that you have to you've had to deal with that but given how severe it is for yourself i would i would put so much effort and resources everything that i had into that and try to nip nip this problem in the bud so to speak and and, and take your trauma seriously, you know, and don't let it be something that allows you to be avoided anymore. And I, and I know that's probably much easier said than done. And I, and I hope I'm not sounding dismissive of, of, you know, of the trauma in any way because it, it's, I'm so sorry you had to deal with that. But, like, in the meantime, I'm not saying, you know, like, don't date. But, like, maybe, you know, you're back in the market for a therapist. Right now, I'd focus on that find the therapist and know that not all therapists are created equal, right? So be, you know, like focus on finding the right therapist and that might, you might have to have conversations with two or three until you feel like you find someone that really you're, you're responding to and, and, you know, ask people, get recommendations, word of mouth and things like that and find the right therapist before you look for the right partner because until you really, really deal with this trauma, I don't know if there's so many roadblocks that can happen in a relationship. Like as far as like other people's, you know, uh, right to get this information from you, if you do start dating, regardless of whenever it is like, listen, I've said this before, like it is your business, you know, like just because you go on a date with someone, I don't care how many dates, like your personal information, your experiences is yours. And just because you go on 10 dates with someone doesn't mean that you're going to be with them forever. So, like, whatever you tell them is information they're going to know about you and you have the right to your own privacy. And so, like, you do that on your terms whenever you're ready. Um, And But dealing with this trauma and having a therapist will help you, you know, accept it and be okay with that so you can be more vulnerable that if you do tell someone, you know, about this trauma and it doesn't work out, you're not living in fear of someone knowing this truth about you. And then you start judging yourself because you're afraid that they're gonna tell everyone and then what does that mean about you? And all these things I can only imagine that you might think about and consider. And you know, if you have any neuroses like I do, like, oh fuck, I mean, that's, I'd be so like, you know, helpless. So I just can't stress enough that you should really prioritize, you know, getting back in the game. So, cause you, you almost sound a little flippant about like therapy. It's like, yeah, I'm gonna do it, but like, I wanna date, you know?
3: Right, right. and I think you well, really
0: so, should prioritize that.
3: so my my concern, I guess it's not a concern, but I've you know, I did therapy before for like a year and I was kind of dating ish, but another thing that I do um, is that I won't like I'll get on dating apps and only pursue guys that live far away so that I know that like inevitably yeah. they'll you know peter out. And so it's like I feel like I understand in theory the things that I should be doing or like that I'd be able to advocate for myself but putting into into practice with like actual dating experience and like, I don't know, experimenting and trying out my abilities. That's, I just, I fear that I, I don't know that I won't be able to put into practice these things that I've been, you know, meditating over. I've done mindfulness and I've done therapy and like I plan on going back of course. Um, but I don't know. I'm just afraid of never stepping beyond therapy and like putting these things in, into practice and like really stepping into what I don't know, I want to do or need to do in order to find a partner in life. Cause I don't, who wants to be alone? Not me. Well, you know, some people do, but I don't, I don't want to be alone.
2: Yeah. I was just wondering, um, you had mentioned, you know, growing up in a religious home and kind of, you know, going out of faith and getting back into faith. If you, it might be hard to separate the two, but if you went through the therapy and, you know, really worked on yourself and, um, you know, your previous, Past was not inhibiting your sexual life? Do you think that your faith would still inhibit you from wanting to sleep with someone until it was more serious or until you were married?
3: That is a great question. One that I have been asking myself more recently because um, I was just talking to a friend how if I hadn't had that sexual, ex- uh, uh, the negative things happen with sex as a child that I think in uh, undergrad, I would have absolutely have had sex by now. Um, or I would have had it then because I was, you know, exploring myself in other ways. So it was, you know, I think that, I, yeah. And now as a 33 yeah. year old, I'm reflecting.
0: Well, no, I mean, I mean, I think my guess is, is like the, you know, there's plenty of people, myself included, who grew up in very religious households that were, it was ingrained to you like to fear sex and be ashamed of sex and, and not have sex to your marriage. And I don't doubt that that's playing a role, but it sounds like it's the mm-hmm. trauma that you experience that really is this major roadblock, and then the religious aspect is just like another th- like it's salt it 's more salt on the wound than anything, and I think if you are able to help heal the wound, then once you do that, you will like you know again it's it's kind of simple, right we all whether we you know anyone who's religious will then decide for themselves like what compromises they're willing to make. It's just like, how likely is I'm gonna burn in hell or not? You know what I'm saying? Like whether you're Catholic or Christian (laughs) or Buddhist or whatever, like very few people are are so devout that they you know don't do anything that like someone or some Bible might say like, I don't know, you might burn in hell, we'll see, right? And, (laughs) And we struggle with that, right? And that can play a role, and we talk a lot about this on the podcast, but most of those people, if they haven't experienced trauma, are able to kind of figure that out for themselves and decide what they're okay with accepting and what they're not okay with. But it's right. it sounds like to me, it's just this trauma that I, I can only empathize and try to understand that's really stopping mm-hmm. you. Because when you say to me, like, I'm so detached and afraid of mm-hmm. saying no that I need to protect myself. And that sounds really severe and I can, yeah. I mean, if you're afraid to say no, then you sh- probably shouldn't date. You probably shouldn't get in situations right. that you you might freeze up and and not be able to like speak your truth and express how you really feel or say yes or no to something because whew, boy that can get real messy and and right so like good for you for knowing yourself well enough, but you shouldn't be so afraid to say no to anyone that's that's severe, and I think you should treat it as such, right and that's why I'm just emphasizing. Mm-hmm. Don't be flippant about therapy, don't make it seem like, oh, you know, I know I have to do it, but like whatever, but in the meantime, can I like you know like I really think you should just put a pause on the dating and 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 focus on it and really put all your effort into that really make it a huge priority and hopefully if you find the right therapist and it might take some time, right and then you can you know to your other question, dip your toes in the water and and try out some of the things that you are working on and if it, if it and listen and it's not and once you start dating. It 's not going to be without its ups and downs and its disappointments and and but you just you you have to be able to say no comfortably to date. you do, and if you can honestly say that I'm afraid to say no, then I don't think you should be dating. I hate wasting money, and uh, did you know that uh, millions of Americans waste billions of dollars on home and car insurance every year? Well, not anymore because the zebra is helping you save that coin during quarantine i got a new house i got a new car and i got new insurance on both and the zebra helped me save some money the zebra is the nation's leading insurance comparison site for car and home insurance in minutes you can compare policies from every major provider for free all on one independent marketplace after a few quick questions the zebra pairs people With the right insurance companies for them helping everyone save time and money buy online or over the phone with one of the licensed insurance agents there are no hidden fees or fine prints for your personal information best of all the zebra has no stake in the policy you choose they're just there to find you the coverage that's right for you make insurance your smartest purchase yet visit thezebra.com v-i-a-l-l that is thezebra.com v-i-a-l-l if ryan reynolds owns it it's probably good it certainly will be funny and
1: he's like known for like marketing that doesn't cost much. So he got you. That's amazing. <laughs> the Walmart Ryan Reynolds. I love it.
0: Ryan Reynolds spent all his money on a cell phone company. Had no money left for marketing. And I said, "Listen, Ryan, I'm obsessed <laughs> with you. I'll do it for free." For people looking for extra savings, Mint Mobile offers Premier Wireless for just fifteen bucks a month. All plans come from unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your phone with any Mint Mobile plant and keep your same number along with all your existing contracts. And if you join Mint Mobile now, they will give you Ryan Reynolds' phone number for free. Yes! <laughs> I might have made that last part up. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premier wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. Mint Mobile, secret sauce, is that the first company to sell wireless service online only. Uh, I mean, that makes sense. I used to sell cell phones uh, one of my first shops as an adult. And uh, I'll tell you what, I was useless. Get the new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free. Go to mintmobile.com slash V-I-A-L. That is mintmobile.com slash V-I-A-L-L. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month. That is insane. You know what I'm spending on my wireless? 10 times that. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at MintMobile.com/viall. slash V-I-A-L-L. How is Ryan possibly making money by only charging 15 bucks a month? What a guy, what a giver
3: fair. Yeah, I, I think your assessment is accurate. I think that and another thing with me is that, again, it's a shame in me projecting my own insecurities onto others, but it's like, okay, I'm already 33. I already admitted to never having a boyfriend because I'm afraid of what could happen if I get close to somebody. And then it's like, okay, what if therapy takes like two or three years then it does now, then you're I'm only 36 35 and thirty-six. but
0: but but right. if you don't get therapy i promise you you're going to be dealing with this and maybe you go on dating apps and start dating in the meantime but if you can't say no it's going to be at best just a mess and at worst you're going to experience more trauma when you're 36 you're going to wish you were 33 again and when you're 40 you're going to wish you're 36 so like mm-hmm. and that's why i'm just emphasizing like the less you make it a priority, the longer it will take. And I don't know how long it's going to take, and it should take how long it should take, right? And that's Mm -hmm. okay, but don't be afraid of getting older. You know, what you should be afraid of is avoiding it, not dealing with it, and being 70.
3: Right, yeah, that's, yep.
0: You know because like i get it you wish you were 23 and and, and dated but like you, that didn't work out and that's fine but 36 is fine 36 is still relatively young you can totally date and have sex and have kids and who i don't know if this is going to take three years maybe you know who knows but like just make it a real huge priority right like Make other sacrifices, especially if money is in the picture to like say no to like new shirts and and so you know, but like honestly, like, you know, no. investing yourself, you know, this is about no. investing in yourself and taking care of yourself and treating yourself to the, 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 the mental health help and, and that you deserve and that you need. And, and that's okay because we've, we've been there. So, yeah, I mean, like just to wrap it up, I just think I'm emphasizing this thing because to me that's the main thing and it's not that it's the only thing you're dealing with and again you have the religious thing and you're 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 kind of back with your church and and maybe there's still things that you're addressing and dealing with but again if you can't say no if you have this overall fear of saying no to whoever then you know, again, as people go to church and learn about what the God tells them, people who can say no will even say no to their, their priest or their Bible, their minister mm-hmm. or their parents. And you are you can't say no to anything. And so you have to learn how to speak up for yourself and say no and set boundaries. And those boundaries need to be set in all aspects of your life, right? And so once you get comfortable and address your, trauma and you're and and feel get that strength to say no to things then you can go back and address all the other things that you have to figure out you know as a human on this earth that we all have to figure out right you know like oh you know i'm catholic and the catholic faith still like it seems unclear what the catholic church feels about gay marriage and lbtq matters right And, and i have family members who are gay and we are still catholic and we're still so, like, how do you struggle with that? And a lot of gay people still go to church, and they have to, and, and, they st- and they, still might get judged. They might even get judged by their priest or their minister, and then they have to decide for themselves, and they have to say, no, I'm not going to let you judge me, but I'm still going to have a relationship with God, right? But your fear of saying no is allowing you to, like, be at peace with that decision, right? So that's why I think you need to focus on the trauma and the fear of saying no, Right? So that you can then address some of these other things in your life that you also are struggling with. That
3: hit deep. Cause that's also like, you know, people pleasing, you know, I am I say that I'm recovering people pleaser as well. And so I think that- Well, sure. Yeah, if you boundaries.
0: can't say no, then well, I can only imagine. I mean, yeah. I, uh, to me, like, as soon as you said, I have a fear of saying no, that's so like, it's, it's such a powerful thing that you can admit and good for you for admitting that because a lot of people can admit that, but you should take that very seriously. And that should be like priority number one of how do I get to a place where I feel safe to say no and empowered and I can trust that, you know, and, and peel back those layers so that you can then right. look at the other aspects of your life, whether it's your relationship with God, uh, your relationship with your parents, your friends, co-workers, your boss. Right. So you need to be able to say no and feel confident in that decision so you can feel safe.
3: Yeah. And I like that you brought up and that within religion as well, because that's something I've been thinking about recently as well is that it's also like my religion's really specific about sexual sin and all that. And like having to confess to a man and just thinking about having to confess a sexual sin to a man in power, again, like that's a trigger for me and my trauma. And so it's like I avoid it as well. It's like, OK, well, if I do decide that I'm going to have sex or any sort of sexual relations outside of marriage, If I want to be like an upholding citizen in my church, I have to confess that to a man. And that is also like gross. He should like for me, like with my trauma, that's also triggering. So it's like there's so many things that are hindering me.
0: Exactly. Right. And so and maybe you don't. Right. But you don't feel comfortable to say no to that. That expectation Mm -hmm. that your church is telling you need to do you need, you know, you might you might get to a place where you're like, nah, it's fucked up. No. You know what? I can still have a relationship with God, and I'm not going to feel that shame and guilt. You know, and again, this is things that so many of us have to deal with this 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 juxtaposition of 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 wanting to have a relationship with God and still feel like we're we're good Christians or we're good Catholics or we're you know good you know Buddhists or, or Muslims or whatever your faith is, right? And then you know we we decide and we make these compromises, and, and essentially we are saying no to what we're taught. But still able to confidently have a relationship with God or our parents or our priests and our ministers, and your inability to do that is stopping you from being at peace with all the other decisions you're trying to make. Make this a p- huge priority, and and for for the time being, pause like what you should do on dating apps, and you know when you start dating, you tell people when you're comfortable and nothing else, and that doesn't mean people might be mean or say why didn't you tell me like that's that, well, that's their journey on well, the things they have to figure out and then you will meet a guy who is patient and kind and and when you are ready to tell the things that are hard for you to tell will listen and say thanks for sharing how can i help things like that but they're not all going to do that and when they don't do that it's just a sign to push them away and say thanks for stopping by i'm going to keep looking all right.
3: Yeah. Well, thank you. You're
0: welcome. That's Best of luck. Stuff. I'm so sorry you've had to deal with this, but like you're only 33, right? So <laughs> only. You know. No, you really <laughs> are, right. but that's the thing we do sometimes. We're like, "Oh, well, I'm 33. That means I have to like, you know what? I don't have enough time to deal and take care of myself. So I'm just going to like deal with where I'm at and I'm going to like I don't have all the tools and resources. So I'm just like, you know, I'm going to build this house or build my life with the, the limited resources that I have. But like, no, take the time, you know, like okay. when they, you know, construction people like measure twice, cut once kind of thing, you know, like mm. take the time to get the resources, the tools, the equipment, the material that you need to do the job. Right. And if it takes you a, a long time to get that stuff, then it's still going to benefit you in the long run. Because if you build the house or you build the life with the lack of materials and the lack of resources, you're going to be like, oh, I'm done. I'm ready. The house is ready for me to move into. And then all of a sudden a pipe will burst or the floor breaks and you're constantly trying to fix something. You never really fully live and move in. Right. So, you know, take, take the time to do that. And whenever you're ready to go, you will still only be that age and that's fine. But the sooner you make it a priority now, the sooner you will you'll do the job right. Okay, ready, right, right.
3: You're right. Guess I'm gonna go Google some therapists after this.
0: All right, good luck. And again, not uh, every thought therapist are create, create, created equal. Like, take the time to find the right therapist. It's okay to <laughs> say no to someone you're just like I don't feel I don't feel comfortable. Like, I don't know, right. I don't know whatever it is. But you know, ask some people. Who they like working with, you know, and um, yeah. All right. Awesome. Best of luck. Thank you so much, Nick. You're the best. You too. Take care. (laughs) Who wants to go to the gym? anymore i know i don't i mean i know like things are coming to end and uh, you know i'm vaccinated that's great all that fun stuff but uh who still wants to go to a gym i mean like we uh, germs Ugh. well not anymore because echelon has all the equipment that you could possibly need like their amazing treadmills i have an exercise bike that i use on the regular stationary bike smart rowers sleek fitness screens auto folding treadmills all connected with Echelon's experience around-the-clock classes for the family, including full-body workout programs that keep you coming back. One membership covers a family of five. Track your workouts and progress to each of your fitness goals. Stay in the comfort of your home. And, and I can find that you can get, like, two workouts in. With the time it takes, you get to the gym and then, you know, hang out, drive back. You could you work out twice as long and look twice as great. Just pick your classes, climb the leadership board, cheer each other on, or you know brag when you put other people to shame you know don't need to be humble with echelon and right now my listeners will get a special podcast offer from echelon for a limited time offer start your 30 day risk free trial offer with echelon's EX3 bike for just $1 what a dollar i paid a lot more dollar. for mine a special risk free offer for 30 days with echelon's EX3 bike for only $1 to start, plus free shipping. The only way to get this special offer is by going to echelonfit.com slash files, F-I-L-E-S. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N-F-I-T.com slash F-I-L-E-S. Echelonfit.com slash files. Echelonfit.com slash files, F-I-L-E-S. Guys, did you hear that most other joggers are too techy or too sporty? Not good good for casual situations because let's be honest i mean we like joggers to jog it but we also like joggers for being lazy couldn't can i get an amen ladies
1: amen i got a black pair there's a couple things about them that we really really love as women one the waistband is nice and thick two the pockets are in the front so you can fill up your pockets and you don't have to
0: you like as women you like nice and thick
1: yeah, I love it nice and Interesting. thick. And the pockets are uh, kind of like in the front and not on the side. So you don't make your hips look big. So those are mm. like the best part about it. And you can wear them to lunch and you can wear them out to like the movies for a date later
0: because they're so cool. So if you like nice and thick, ladies, let me tell you, <laughs> that's right. Get the public recs now. As the, world, <laughs> as the world's opening back up, make sure... You've got clothes that are flexible as your life is. Public Rec rarely discounts, but right now they have an exclusive offer just for Vial Files listeners. Go to publicrecs.com and use code VIALL to receive 10% off. That's publicrec.com and use promo code VIALL for 10% off. How's it going?
4: Hey, uh, my name is Caitlin and I'm
0: 30. Hi, Caitlin. How can I help?
4: Hi. So uh, basically I wrote in talking about, so I have a generalized anxiety disorder. I've been in therapy for a long time. I do tend to be a chronic overthinker and typically that plays a big role in me dating. Uh, You know, I do tend to overthink, get pretty anxious and everything. And I think I'm at a point where I'm in a bit of a pattern where it seems like I'm dating someone and things feel like they're going well for like the first couple months uh, but then something shifts. Usually it's the change in communication or something just feels a little bit off. Uh, and then I will start freaking out. And <laughs> then I kind of have to talk myself down a little bit and be like, oh, it's probably fine. You're probably just overthinking and being anxious. And then usually not too long after that, it ends. A lot of times, usually he is the one ending it, but sometimes I end up ending it as well uh, after feeling like he's pulling away a bit. So I guess my main concern is I feel like my anxiety and kind of living with that and my overthinking, I tend to maybe not trust my instincts as much as I should with dating situations, especially. Uh, so I wonder if I'm ignoring my instincts or if I should be listening to that more or if it's good for me to be kind of talking myself down out of those situations.
0: I guess it just all depends on the situation. Could, for yeah. our audience, are you able to describe what generalized anxiety disorder is and is, is it different yes. than like someone just being like i get anxiety
4: right totally so i guess my best description uh i hope i can give a good description <laughs> but i'm sure I, someone I guess generalizing... will let us know if you don't
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah i'm sure please yeah. um yeah so i guess generalized anxiety disorder is, of course anxiety is something everyone experiences from time to time just like any kind of feeling but Generalized anxiety disorder is basically just kind of all the time feeling anxious about things you probably realistically should not feel anxious about or don't need to feel anxious about. Uh, I remember hearing a comedian once describe it as, it's like if you're in line in TSA at the airport, and all of a sudden a thought pops into your brain, what if I accidentally brought a gun in my carry-on, even though there's no way that would happen? Uh, That's how I would describe it, (laughs) just panicking for no reason, sometimes in situations. So I think having lived with that for a long time, I I do tend to sometimes I think write off these feelings or thoughts that come up uh, in situations and kind of talk myself down a bit but then I look back and think, oh, is that an indication that maybe this situation isn't right and I shouldn't be in this and I should do something about that? Or are these feelings worth communicating or is it just my anxiety? So I think that's usually the situation that I'm in with that.
0: Sure. I mean, uh, as far as dealing with uh, the anxiety, you said you've mentioned you've gone to therapy. Is, has that helped you? Um, like, I mean, because like I. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I haven't been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder, but the, that analogy you gave, I can relate to the idea of like, like once I plant a seed of, of thought in my head, I have the ability to ruminate and mm-hmm. let it and go down a rabbit hole. Uh, even though when I really think about like what's playing a role in that thought, there's no actual basis to actually believe that to be true true like in that extreme example right. it's like well I don't even own a gun so <laughs> good chance it's not in my bag you know and, and in yeah. a, like a daily life situation the things that we worry about um, you know it's one of those things of just trying to check yourself and asking yourself how likely could this happen because I guess anything's possible sure you know uh-huh. like coincidences can happen but they're often not coincidences kind of thing so right. like how is that have yeah. you just practiced not doing that or have you identified what maybe is causing this uh, anxiety you know maybe like some childhood trauma
4: Yeah I definitely I've been learning a lot more about attachment styles recently so I definitely think I have an anxious attachment style um, and I know some and I know that something I'm aware of that I I try to work on especially in dating and just in general in my life is I do tend to not prioritize my feelings in a situation. So I think that can also be contributing to the anxiety. If I feel like I'm leaving something unsaid and I'm talking myself out of saying it, um, and whether or not it's a the correct feeling to have in that situation, I think I do tend to not prioritize that and say like, Oh, you're, you're overreacting. You're doing this. You shouldn't be upset about this. So I do tend to do that a lot. Um, and I think my, uh, my personality just kind of to do that because I do tend to be a bit of a peacemaker type where I don't want to, you know, create conflict or do anything like that. And I'm actively trying to work on that and get better. And I think I am getting better, uh, but it is something I constantly am aware of.
0: Sure. So can you give me an example of a dating situation in the past yeah. where you were conflicted between am I justified to worry about this or is this like something that I'm have the right to be bothered by? And but ultimately, like maybe, chose to bury it at the risk of you know uh, sounding crazy or or being paranoid and and thinking it was maybe just you you know self sabotaging.
4: Right. I think uh, I'm sure I have plenty of examples, but most so most recently, I was dating this guy. We'd been dating for just over two months, not too long, and he had was starting to get more busy, which there was a legitimate reason because he started taking. Uh, some classes and he was working and taking classes. You know, I did that with my master's degree I totally get that. So I was trying to be very understanding that he was more busy So I wouldn't hear from him or see him as much and I think the first week it was fine It felt normal uh, You know at this point before that we've been seeing each other multiple times a week We would text every day for at least a little bit uh, And it was pretty consistent And then as time went on, I would hear from him less, like he would initiate conversations less. And we at one point went about almost three weeks without actually seeing each other at all. Um, And I kept telling myself, oh no, that you're, you know, give him space, he's probably just really stressed. You know, you don't know him that well, maybe this is kind of what he does. At this uh, point, are you guys just like (laughs) hanging
0: out or have you defined the relationship?
4: We hadn't defined the relationship yet. I mean, we said that we were exclusive. So we said that we weren't dating other people.
0: It was like a soft define. It was a soft define. Because like it you might not have yeah. defined the expectation. You, know, you might not have defined the relationship as like, oh, we're going to call each other boyfriend and girlfriend. But right. to define the expectation of we're no longer going to be hanging out with other people is, it's a pretty big step. I mean, yeah, that's, like, that's saying I'm committed to only dating you.
4: Right, and in, exactly. if anything
0: changes, I'll let you know. I won't just right. let you find out. And we out.
4: literally had we we had pretty good communication up. I was very upfront. How long with were what you I dating? And looking for?
0: How long were you dating before you said I'm no? We're we're gonna mutually not date other people.
4: It was about. Let me. I'm trying to think. I think that was. It was around. It was like at Valentine's Day. So I think that was probably a month and a half. So, like, just over a month and a
0: half or something. yeah. It's reasonable. Yeah. I mean, I think three weeks is a really long time to have no communication with someone (laughs) that you have said, I'm not going to be dating other people.
4: Right. We were communicating, but it just wasn't at the same level. And then we literally, I saw him once, and it was just he came over after his class was done one night, and then we just for a little bit and then left. So... What do you say? It was... Uh, what do you mean?
0: So while he was busy with this class, yeah. and yeah, you're right. So it's just like sometimes yeah. people get busy, especially early on.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: How much was he communicating with you? I guess what I'm saying is if mm-hmm. I'm going to tell someone I'm dating, I don't want to date anyone else. That's a pretty big expectation, especially nowadays, mm-hmm. right? Right. And granted, yes, there's still a lot to get to know about one another. Doesn't mean you're deeply in love it doesn't mean you're committed to each other for the rest of your life but there that's a big step of saying uh, we're gonna turn the dating apps off for a while we're gonna commit to getting to know each other and so if if i were also to be busy with work or whatever other priorities and i realize that and i i should be aware of that and i should be Mm considerate and empathetic to how the person I'm now committed to who's committed to me and there's a commitment there you guys have no long you guys have said you're not dating other people I would mm-hmm. think it, it would be incumbent upon me to say hey just so you know I, I'm just real stressed out real busy like it's not a norm but like I'm really excited about you and I, I do I can't wait to hang out with you et cetera, et cetera to put your mind at ease and that would to me, would be a very normal expectation of you to have. Right. And if he didn't do that, then I think it would be a normal, you know, reaction to be concerned.
4: Yes. And I was, but I didn't want to say anything. So he didn't, uh, he
0: didn't do any of that. He just like kind of, he didn't, he, he didn't acknowledge yeah. the obvious. Is that true?
4: Uh, Yeah. I would say he didn't, he wasn't very open about it. We didn't really... I, before he started the class, he did say, like, hey, just so you know, this is going to be coming up. Okay. Like, and so, you know, so we talked about it before. So I felt comfortable with that at the time. But we didn't set any clear expectations for, okay, like, this is how much we might be able to see each other or talk, which I guess looking back, I wish we had done more of that. Um so, but so in my mind, like, you're being supportive, you're being understanding, you're not pressuring him, you're doing all this stuff. Yeah. Um, but in reality, it's not. But I also was saying, well, it's not unrealistic for someone that I am dating and not, and I'm also not exploring my other options to basically be not having much desire to really see me or talk to me in a meaningful way. Just like like having basic communication, but not really him being like, hey, just there was one instance where after his class, like on a Friday, he called me and he said, Hey, just so you know, I'm going to go see some friends, but uh, I do really want to see you. So I'll call you tomorrow. But uh, my friends asked me to hang out and I feel bad saying no. So don't, but don't worry. I do want to see you. Uh, So I was like, okay. And then we hung out the next day. Uh, But then after that, that didn't really happen anymore. So at first it seemed like he was doing that to an extent, but then eventually it just fizzled out to a point where the week of Easter was like the week before Easter Sunday, I texted him and said, like, it was after his class was over. And I said, Hey, I, um, I really want to see you this week. Like, when can we make plans for this week? And that was on Tuesday. And he didn't text me back until Easter Sunday. Um, and I was furious, (laughs) but I didn't, again, I didn't say anything in the moment. I was just, I was, I was convinced he was ghosting me, honestly. Because it was so, because at that point I had heard from him at some point every So, what
0: did day. he say on that Sunday?
4: Um, on that Sunday, he said, like, hey, I'm sorry. I've been such an ass, like, not getting back to you all week. Like, I just wanted to check in and say hi. And I hope you have a good Easter, like, with your family. Because um, he was up seeing his family. And that was it. He just said, oh, I had a weird week. And I, of course, in my head was like, what is okay. that? Mean?
0: Yeah. I mean, so, well, so just. Let's rewind when you guys said, Hey, I only want to date you for now. What was that based on? Like how you were hanging out for like a month, month and a half, or Mm -hmm. how often were you guys hanging out with each other? Were you intimate with each other? Like what was going on that made you both say, let's not date other people?
4: Well, yeah, we were, we were at the point where we started off really only seeing each other once a week. Um, and then we did start being intimate pretty quickly. It was like second date. Um, you know, so, and then we, you know, and then it got to a point where we would see each other like two, sometimes three times a week. And then it was Valentine's Day coming up. And then, um, you know, he was like, hey, like, you know, I really would like to do something for Valentine's Day. You know, I know we it's kind of early, but I would like to do something. Um, and then it was kind of once we did something for Valentine's Day, we kind of had this discussion of like, how are we feeling about things? And where Who are we Who brought at? that up? We, he did.
0: He brought it up. Okay.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... And it was just, you know, and it just felt like we were on the same page, just in terms of, and of course, I go back and I dissect that conversation thinking, well, maybe we didn't actually say that we were, because we said that we both said like, hey, I'm just someone who I don't really like to be dating a ton of people at the same time, you know, that kind of thing. So we kind of, you know, said like, hey, like, we're not seeing anybody else. So, you know, and maybe to me, I don't know, maybe in his mind, we didn't actually say we were exclusive. I don't know. But again, that's me backtracking and trying sure. to make excuses for him,
0: probably. Probably, I yeah. I mean, next time you're in this situation, don't be afraid to, mm-hmm. you know, finish that conversation to make sure there's clarity. Like, especially nice. since he was the one who brought up the kind of check-in in the first place, and then you kind of mm-hmm. say, "Well, I mean, I don't really want to date other people, and I don't like, you know, having to, you know, I don't like dating multiple people," and then you can say. Yeah. Great. I Me mean, neither. So like, I know we, I know we have, we're still getting to know each other, but like, so just to, you know, and make, mm-hmm. may, maybe make a joke, just be like, so to be clear, we're like, we're going to like, we're date, like this is, we're going to yeah. really put an effort here and like not date mm-hmm. other people. And right. you should be able to ask that, especially since he brought it up and and get a response. Right. And his response right. will matter. That will help you. Uh, really see how serious he is about right. setting the expectations and you kind right. of maybe avoided finishing that conversation, which allowed you mm-hmm. to go back and kind of replay it in your head and, and then created some confusion.
4: Right. Again, so, I'm nitpicking
0: things to yeah. learn from, but no, yeah, yeah I, I don't, I, I think you had every right to quit like, it's, I don't like if you're actually committed to dating someone they make you a priority, especially early on. And he didn't. And I get that he had other things going on. But he, you know, though his his follow up to someone he says he's only dating, and not dating anyone else on Easter, like you're just checking in is like a weird. Like what? What at this point? Like what are like if I if you got asked to yeah. go on a date at yeah. this point, like it would be weird for you to say yes. Like you haven't talked. You've barely talked. He's checking in, and really, what he is is responding to you five days later. But in the meantime, if you got at you went grocery shopping, and all of a sudden, this like good-looking guy was like, "Hey, you want to like grab a drink?" And you were like, mm-hmm. "Uh, let me check on the person I can't get a hold of, who's not really my <laughs> boyfriend, but I told him I'm not dating anyone else," kind of thing.
4: Right, and that was what I was struggling with because I was getting to a point where I was just getting really frustrated and being like. If okay, if you're not gonna prioritize me, I should be exploring my options.
0: Well, that's like, what I'm saying. You know, so going well, back to when you guys set those kind of you have set expectations, right. it's okay to play out some scenarios to avoid a confusion. Like, so to be clear, mm-hmm. if, like some like great, you know, some hottie asked me out in the grocery store, I'm gonna say no because I'm focused on you.
4: Right. Like, <sighs> even though like we don't have to use the boyfriend-girlfriend label, which people get so hung up on. Um, like we, uh, well maybe next time
0: a guy brings that up, ask him what he means by that, you know, put him like, especially if a guy, you know, not like don't drill him, be like, all right, cool. Like I, Hey, to be clear, I like you. So thanks for bringing this up. And like, I definitely, but what do you mean? What does that mean to Mm. you? Right. You know, like if he is getting, if he's dating you for a month and a half, you've been hanging out on a regular basis and you're having sex and he gets weirded out by calling you his girlfriend, Even though he wants somewhat clarity from you about who you're having sex with, Mm -hmm. that's a red flag if he gets weirded out by like labels.
4: And we never, we didn't really get into a label conversation, but he did say, um,
0: I know, but you got got, into a we're not dating other people conversation (laughs) and chose not to have the labeling conversation.
4: Right. Yeah.
0: And then all of a sudden (laughs) he started acting like someone he was casually dating. Mm -hmm. Like his actions regardless of how much he had going on, like looked like someone who didn't ever have a conversation about not dating other people. His actions friends. were like someone he's, you know, whether he had sex or not, mate, went on a few dates, had a nice time. It's like, Hey, you know, talk to his buddy and be like, yeah, this girl, she's part of the roster, you know, a couple of girls I'm talking to, but she's maybe my favorite, you know? yeah, And his and, friends
4: knew about me. Like he told like his friends about me sure. and like everything. So, which I know, like I don't, I was trying not to read too much into cause I've, been in situa- in both yeah. types of situations and it didn't really make a difference but
0: so for you being someone who is an overthinker right who can mm-hmm. second guess conversations at the risk of you know pushing things too fast or being that girl who like asks direct questions, like maybe you should just save Beyond your, assity. yeah, maybe yourself. <laughs> you just sa- save yourself the energy and the future frustrations of having to guess what they mean. As someone mm-hmm. who overthinks, by just having these conversations up front and getting very clear understandings of what they mean by the things they're saying, because now right. we're getting in this kind of dating situation where what does it mean to say I'm not dating other people, right? Like we have all these kind of different definitions of what these even defining the, the relationship means. So like, right. what does that mean to you? Like give them scenarios and be playful mm-hmm. about it. But, yeah. and if he can't have that conversation and gets weird, then you're like, because sometimes people can do that. Sometimes people try to define the expectations because they want to like get security for them but selfishly don't want any expectations of themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. And sometimes like, oh, it's yeah. like, Oh, he doesn't want me to like hook up with other dudes, but like, I'm too afraid to make sure he's not hooking up with other women or that he wants to call me his girlfriend. If he wants you to not indulge other offers from men, then at a minimum, he should be like, you're my girlfriend. Why is that so much right. to ask? If you're giving <laughs> up your freedom to like play the field, why is it too much to ask him? To call you his girlfriend right
4: yeah that's true and if he and I, I yeah if he i think that's the thing i don't want to yeah. push the issue
0: you know he brought it up
4: yeah <laughs> you know in that situation yeah
0: but what's wrong with pushing the issue what do you mean like you're not this is not a second date yeah you're like hey let's be <laughs> you know you've been hanging out on a consistent basis for over a month Hmm. And I'm not saying if you've dated a month, you have to define the relationship, but like right. everything's there to be justified and not crazy to define the relationship. Not to mention right. he brought the he initiated the conversation of ex- setting expectations, and there's no point mm-hmm. of setting expectations in a relationship if you're not going to have a clear understanding of what those expectations mean. Yeah. I, I, I think the takeaway from this is again just trust your gut in early dating situations. Don't have these like half conversations have the full conversation mm-hmm. ask mm-hmm. what they mean by their expectations they're trying to set right mm-hmm. and and pay mm-hmm. attention to their answers and if they get uncomfortable defensive then they're not ready to set expectations and that's fine you're like no problem buddy you're not there yet
4: yeah and i yeah i think that's the that's a tough thing for me too is being you know cuz that's always the risk when you have the conversations is that you're not going to get the answer Correct. that you want yes. and again it's trying to control the situation. Yes, but it you
0: saves can. you the you know three weeks of anxiety of not being <laughs> able to sleep and worrying and talking to your friends. So like pick pick yeah. pick the awkward moment, but one's longer than the other, and one you can at least get clarity and, and feel right. good and move on. Yeah,
4: and then also sometimes even. And I know I have to have the conversation, still trying to set the stage of, okay, when is going to be the right time to talk to him about it? And how do I set this up? And
0: there's no, that's the thing. There's no great know, setup. Right. There's no great there's scenario. No right there's no, yeah. Like if he yeah. likes you, it'll be fine. If he doesn't, you're going to find out anyways. You don't want right. the perfect time to try to convince him to like put in more work than he's even willing to give, anyways. Mm-hmm. In fact, you want to find the most con- inconvenient time because that's when you'll get the most honest answer. <laughs> Good All point. Right. All right. All right. Well, hopefully that was helpful.
4: No, it was. It was very helpful. Um, I appreciate that. All Um, right. Well,
0: take it easy on yourself. Trust your gut and uh, just have tougher conversations earlier on. And I think you're going to be totally fine.
4: All right. Awesome. Thank you so much. Take
0: care. How's it going? Good. How are you? Great. What's your name?
5: My name's Allie and I'm 25.
0: Hi, Allie. How can I help? So
5: I am recently married. And thank you very much. And my relationship with him has been fantastic from the start. You know, we met online, we went on a date and pretty much have hung out every day since then. And recently we got married. The only trouble that we seem to have is that he has two kids from two different exes previously, and they are awful. Both of them are awful in their own separate ways. Um, There's two daughters. One is 12 and the other is five and he's 31. So he's a little bit older than I am. And the problems that we run into a lot of times is that they always give us issues of some sort. And it's just hard for me to deal with the emotions that come with them. You know, the mother of the oldest, she really struggles to make me feel like I matter in her daughter's life. Like for example, my parents were up visiting for Easter and we wanted both the girls to go hang out with my family. But she was like, well, why does she have to do that with you guys? You know, it's hard for her to feel like I'm part of their life, which then conversely makes me feel like I'm not a part of their life.
0: I mean, just out of curiosity, before how long were you dating before you got married? A year. How many of these conversations did you have with him before you got married?
5: We have this conversation all the time, okay. and he's great about it. It's like he reassures me about my feelings. He reassures me that everything I'm feeling is normal, and he understands. And he's very open to me justifying my feelings and expressing my feelings in the way they make me feel. But it's hard because and I just feel... that's
0: great as your husband. Awesome that he's like empathizing with you and understanding. Doesn't necessarily make either of you right. You know, these are very sticky situations, right? And I'm not a mm-hmm. parent. So, you know, it's but I, I'm simply just saying, I also empathize with the defensiveness of what his uh, his exes might feel about, mm-hmm. and that's great that you wanna include them, but focus, my my advice to you is focus on your marriage with him and that relationship. Recognize he has kids, it sounds like obviously you wanna be involved in their lives. So like for him, that's great to know, like that he married someone that it like wants to be uh, like something in his kids' lives, right? But just because you are willing and wanting to be doesn't mean you get to dictate the timeline and the speed in which that goes. Right. Because Mm -hmm. you're dealing with, uh, uh, you know, complicated parent situations and the mothers in these situations might have another point of view about the speed and timing of which that happens. And quite frankly, they don't know you. They don't have to trust you. They don't know if you're crazy or insane or wonderful. And they most likely are not going to give you the benefit of the doubt. So you will most likely have to be patient with them and and show them more than you might have to show the average person that you're not terrible. They're going to want to believe that you're terrible. They're going to want to. Sometimes we meet people we just want to hate. You know, oversimplifying <laughs> yeah. it. Like, yeah, if you're a sports fan, you just kind of want to hate the You know, sometimes you're just like, I want to hate this guy, but fuck, he's good. You know, like people want right. to hate Tom Brady and then he wins Super Bowls. You're like, ah, oh, God damn it. Right. Tom like, Brady's
5: my husband. So I get it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So you get what I'm saying? Like, so I think, you know, when you're just like, well, I want them to meet my family. I would get why they would be like, why the fuck do they have to meet her parents or whatever? Like, fuck her. Yeah. And I'm not saying just let them be okay with it. Just be chill, be understanding. Don't fight fire with fire. It's one of those things right. like if you like match their level at, and if, if they go low and you meet them low, like they're not going to like be self-aware, or recognize how low they're going. They're just going to punt how how low where you are. So just go right. high and just be super patient because again, we are talking about like, A mother who might feel threatened about some stranger's parents like being involved in their life like fuck I mean I could see myself being real petty about that if there's something to be petty about that might be it. No, definitely. So focus. Yeah. You're, you're newly married. Like you've only been with this guy for over a year. Just really focus on this relationship in this guy. And as long as he knows that you love his kids and you are there and willing to be a, a mentor or just another person in our lives at any level, allow, you know, whatever he and his, his his and their mothers allow, because keep in mind, they're also their mothers and they have a say in how that child is raised. It's not your call you right. don't have the right to point you can be a you can support him but it's not your right to have an opinion about how they're raised right certainly not right. yet you know maybe in the future
5: yeah and the thing that my husband always brings up to me though that also kind of makes it feel confusing is initially in the beginning when we were early on dating we have full custody of both of them so obviously i am with them time wise more than their own mothers are yeah so in the beginning when they would come ask me you know first Like a simple thing, like, oh, can I watch TV for an hour? Can I do this? Can I do that? In the beginning, it was very hard for me to say yes or no because obviously I didn't feel like it was my place. But he is always like, at the end of the day, you are there for them more than their mothers are. You are with them more than their mothers are. Just
0: out of curiosity, why does he have full custody? That's cute.
5: So for the oldest, um, they ended up getting pregnant in high school. And when the baby was one... She called him and said, I can't do this anymore. You need to come get your kid and went out of the picture for a few years. Okay. For the youngest right now, she's more 50 50. We're actually currently going through a custody battle with her right now, but it's looking like that. We're going to have more time with her than the mother. will.
0: yeah, I think so early on, the best thing for you is to play the good cop as much as you can. Just be the, not don't give him any reason to be threatened by you. be over accommodating. Let, let him fight the battles, right? And, and you know, be be a level-headed sounding board for him that even if, because I'm sure it can be irritating for him to, like, fight with these people. I get it. Like, nothing it can, is, in, yeah. is more sensitive and complicated than this cost you battles, and I really empathize with everyone involved. But for you, just try to be the person who's just like, I. at the end of the day, I just, I recognize everyone's pain in the situation, and throwing stones and bringing up the past isn't going to help the kids, right? There's always let's let's focus on the kids. And it's what's better for the kids is that everyone these kids feel loved by everyone and they're all getting good advice. So like just yeah, you're going to have something you're just going to have to deal with. And, and you obviously got involved in the situation and and try don't try to win. Don't try to be right. Mm-hmm. You know, that doesn't get you anywhere, doesn't help the kids, doesn't you know, it um it only helps your ego. So these are just some things that I think you should try to think about. Um but focus on him, your husband. Let your husband deal with these things and you're just here to support him. And yeah. um the more you let these women feel empowered and that you're not a threat, they're the easier they'll be able those the work with the the less they think you're a threat to them being their their kid's mother the cooler they will be and that might take time years maybe the
5: other thing that i'm kind of struggling with too is with the oldest her and i have a fantastic relationship you know and one thing that i admire about both you know my husband and her mother is that they will never talk bad about each other in front of the kid which is great but then the problem is is the oldest will then come to me with issues that she has about not only my husband, but about her mother too. So I kind of fall in this neutral ground where she feels like, no, but
0: that's the thing is like, don't, don't confuse that kind of like bonding moment with something that mm -hmm. is okay. Right. You should respect the bond that his, he has with his ex wife or ex girlfriend or baby mom, whatever the, whatever it is and make it clear that as a third party, you're not going to allow this kid to use you is a way like you know i'm saying you are you are all united front and that's what you need to make these women understand right because yeah if 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 she feels like her husband right is the who is not going to talk bad but like you never but you're going to allow the kid to like vent to you i mean they can vent but like the end of the day you have to make it clear where you stand and you stand with the parents and then you can talk to them and be like hey like just so you know like they vented to me i i you know, tell your husband first, let your husband communicate with her, right? And let her come to you to build the relationship. Don't, don't come to her, right? Let her come to you, the mom. Um, okay. But do not, do not at the risk of want, feeling like this is a bonding moment with the kid, make them feel like you are, are, are an alternative to vent and talk shit to. That's right. a terrible idea. Uh, really no, nip that, that in the bud and like advice. and set those boundaries like you are yeah. part of this united front
5: that's a great idea and then just in terms of dealing with all of them and all the drama that they bring like what is your advice in terms of not allowing myself to go into like an emotional spiral about it because obviously it's frustrating and obviously it's frustrating for him and it's hard for me to watch him deal with all of the drama that they bring And it's hard for me not to
0: set reasonable expectations with yourself. If you're expecting this to be this problem to be solved in a month, like you're going to drive yourself nuts. If you recognize that, like, listen, this is a situation you got in and in almost all these situations, everyone can do better. Everyone can show more patience and empathy. Everyone can like spend a little more energy empathizing with the person on the other side. And so you're just there to help support your husband and help each other have that type of empathy and that won't always be easy but yes you're gonna have to play the long game and set reasonable expectations and the more you can do that the easier it will be and i understand this is not going to be easy and and but yes like if you're expecting this and demanding things to like be like oh well i just want this marriage to go perfect and and i want i don't want to worry about this in six months well you're going to set yourself up for disappointment and you can focus on your new marriage and is and 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 separate it from this drama at the same time
5: in the beginning i dealt with a lot of jealousy obviously having two of his exes still in his life but obviously i've come to terms with the fact that they're going to be there for the whole life yes realistically and it's just it's i've never dated anyone with kids before until him so it's definitely been an adjustment period for me as well
0: yeah and you knew that going in so you can't like change the the narrative and the more in these tough situations the Every time you feel a certain way, the more you can just hit the pause button and say, I, yes, I'm mad, but how might they be, if I were in their position, how would I feel like is going to help you? And it's easier no, said I, than done, but that's that's, great that's, advice. that's, that's, that's the easiest way to not that's lose your mind. That's
5: definitely
0: great advice. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. All right.
5: Yeah, no, thank you so much. That was definitely very, very helpful advice.
0: Okay, well, best of luck. Congratulations on the marriage.
5: Thank you. Thank you.
0: All right, take care. How's it going?
5: Hi,
6: I'm Erin. Uh, I'm 31 and I live here in LA.
0: Hi, Erin, 31. How can I help?
6: Um, so I got myself into my first situation ship. And my last, um, zero out of 10, would not recommend. Um, but I met this guy last summer. Well, I started seeing this guy last summer. I met him off of a dating app. And it was around the time that I already had all this free time. I just recently got laid off of my job. Um, I decided to put myself out there during a weird time. And I met him, he was, grew up out here went to law school, um, and we hit it off as any normal relationship would. Um, the physical connection was there, feelings were mutual, he was super consistent. Um, we just vibed really well. And um, we started seeing each other a lot. And I think just a few months down the road, I felt comfortable enough to ask him where this... I felt comfortable enough to basically have that talk with him. So I sat him down and I was like, hey, you know, I like you. I like hanging out with you. I like to see where this goes, but I just want to make sure that you and I are on the same page. And I went into that conversation 100% one hundred percent certain that it was going to go my way. Like that was my ego. What was obviously. your way?
0: Like, your, and by your way I mean he'd be like, "Oh my god, I, I totally feel like, the same." Like, I want to see where this goes. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. And then
6: um, so it didn't go my way. Um, he basically said to me that he wasn't looking for anything serious. How long so, were you guys
0: dating before you had this conversation?
6: Um, like two months. Okay, but. And for the first Um, two, how
0: long, how much were you hanging out in the first two months?
6: Well, when I asked that question, it wasn't more like, I want to be in a relationship with you. It was just more of like, I like where this is going, but I just want to make sure. No, I
0: get it. But like how much in those two months were you talking every day, like once a week, you know, like, did you, were you?
6: um, We were hanging out like a couple of times a week, talking every single day. Um, Were you guys hooking up? like make future plans. Sorry.
0: Were you hooking up?
6: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, sex is great. I mean, obviously, that added on to, like, feelings. Um, And I was kind of blindsided by it. And so I took that information, I processed it, and I distanced myself from him for a little bit. And then he reached back out and he asked me, hey, um, are you still interested in hanging out after what we talked about last time? And, um, obviously so To be like,
0: clear though, he wasn't, he, he didn't have a change of heart. He was just asking if you would, are still willing to keep doing what you were doing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then...
6: So, um...
0: Your response here to this question is critical. What did you say? Yeah. What did you say?
6: So my response was obviously something I was still kind of fresh off of it so I really liked him
0: and you compromised
6: I compromised yeah I compromised and I know I'm a dumbass but um (laughs) um I compromised on it and I just kind of pushed my feelings down I was like you know what I can handle it it's not that big of a deal um I was like if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out we started hanging out more and more, more frequently than before he was. Just out of curiosity. Out I'm curious,
0: mm-hmm. I'm, like I'm, it's, it's a genuine question. Like how much when, so like you started, you, you compromised, you started hanging back out, back out, things picked up. And to your point, you started hanging out even more. How much of you was hoping that you would still get what you wanted Based off of how much you were hanging out And things like that Where like oh it all felt good It was fun And you you guys were having fun And it felt like boyfriend and girlfriend And how much mm-hmm. were you getting your hopes up Based off of that
6: um, I was getting my hopes up a lot Like I felt pretty disappointed I I had a lot of expectations into it And where sometimes I felt I was like obviously that leads to disappointment But it started leading to the point where i was digging myself a deep fucking hole you know um i would yeah. put my feelings aside i would put on a front and pretend that everything was okay in this situation but like also you, you
0: weren't necessarily putting your feelings aside because that's my question is this around like you were still being like oh maybe i don't know like Mm-hmm. This is going great. Mm-hmm. I mean, he sees it too. So like, I know he said no, and I know he said he just wants to like, do what we were doing before, but like, we're having so much fun. Like, why would he say mm-hmm. no to this? So you weren't mm-hmm. even like, you weren't even ignoring your feelings. You were just kind of lying to yourself. I was lying to myself about like, yeah. you know, cause your feelings were like, I'm still here. Like, it's great, right? You're like, yeah, no, it's pretty great. Like he should, he must agree.
6: Mm-hmm.
0: And then what
6: yeah, happened? I wasn't I wasn't being honest with myself. And this was something that I've never done before. I was definitely breaking my own boundaries. I felt that I was losing myself in this process with him. So. So where are we now? I just. Sorry.
0: Where are we now?
6: Um, so where are we now? So basically I ended it with him. We've ended it twice. But the first time I was just like, I said I was having a hard time navigating through it. We obviously are not on the same page here. I just don't feel like being an option to you. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just, I'm always going to want more. He understood that. And then I was like, okay, cool, like, this ended on good terms, like, I can move on from this. I ended up getting a job making, he was like, because I had all this free time and spending all this time with him. I was able to, you know, move on. I got a job again. Like, that was my priority. Um, And so he kind of, like, snuck his way back in again. It was a lot of, like, weak moments to where it started to become toxic. This is where it becomes toxic. And, like, if I can compare it, it would be, like, to, like, a drug, if you will. You know, it felt good in the moment. And then I would be willing to take all these temporary highs from, like, the lack of, and then all these temporary highs and then getting all these withdrawals. So there'd be like a lack of consistency. There would be being him shady off of his phone. it's like all these like red flags that I would overlook. And it's like, for what? You know, like, what am I doing here? Like, this is, I know that this isn't going anywhere, but I created this unhealthy attachment to this situation that I made it so difficult to let go. And so I just, I reached a breaking point and um, it would just, anything that he would say where I would just be like I was done, he would still come back and it's like, why are you, it was like, I know that I was disrespecting myself and my boundaries, um, but it would be like he would also disrespect me knowing that this isn't what I want, but he would still come back.
0: Yeah, and that's because I was so allowing I, him to come back. So what's your what's your question? Like where again? Where are we now? And what's so your question So
6: basically, my question is: Is like I have this like attached, even though it's done, like it's finally done. Um, I feel now this guilt of like since he's come back, I have this guilt of like not responding, or like I have this guilt of like not really saying like what r- I really felt for this whole situation. Like I felt I wasn't vulnerable enough.
0: But, um, what, what do you mean? But, you felt like you weren't vulnerable enough. You like, you told him that I want to date. Like you were dating a guy for two months. It's not like this was like your husband of five years and you need to like pour your heart out. Like you at some point made it clear you wanted to get him, get to know him more and that you liked him and you you had feelings, right?
6: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um,
0: what, were you, what were you, like in your mind, like what do you feel like there was some magic thing you could or should have said that would have changed the outcome?
6: Um, I don't think there wasn't anything I could have said to change the situation, but a part of me just feels like I held into much. Like I did say what I need to say, but there's always like more. Um, And I felt that he, yeah. there are times where I was like strong and I was like, I feel like he doesn't deserve to have that response, but it's like, If I keep it inside, it's going to eat me alive. Um, So it's just, I feel like I put more into this effort, time and energy into this.
0: No, you did. And like, you're just kind of like your your ego is just a little frustrated, right? Because your ego is just like, listen, it's not that he doesn't like me. It's just that you haven't done a good job of explaining to him how awesome we are, you know, and that's where Mm -hmm. you're at now. You're just not, you're having a hard time accepting that it's over right because mm-hmm. your ego is just like there must be some sort of misunderstanding because it's not possible for him not to want to date us like how does he not see all the great things we see like clearly you're not doing a good job of explaining to him or showing him or being vulnerable enough your ego's like basically accusing you of, of doing things wrong and well you know what i'm saying like because there's no possible way that you're not i um, mean he, he can't see it right so it's like a, your ego telling you it's a you problem that you haven't like articulated it well, and that that's it. That's that's why you're feeling how you're feeling. And then you're instead of just seeing that, you'll you know tell your things, t- tell yourself things like it's guilt or I feel guilty or I feel bad. It's just it's just you're having a hard time accepting that he didn't like you, he didn't appreciate you, right? And the only thing if you if you did anything wrong was not trusting your gut the first time, like. You were very clear that you wanted more. he was very clear that he didn't, and then he was very clear when he called you back and said i don't want to, i want to, i i don't want more I want the same, and are you willing to compromise and you said, "Yes, and at that point like that you can be very mad at yourself about that, but that's it like there anytime you hooked up before or hung out after that and doesn't matter how great of a time you had and and your ego's just like why didn't you explain it better like why didn't you perform better in bed why didn't you whatever it is that like you're just like oh i'm so close like why can't i get it to the finish line like oh my god like like every time you hooked up with him or hung out with him or had a date with him and you had a great time your ego was like so like what's the problem why can't you close this deal like it's saying this to yourself and like judging you but like it was never going to get closed. he was very clear of what he didn't want and wanted right and so it probably you know um and, and that's it like also like this is you know i've i don't know if you i've used the sour patch analogy before but he, this is your sour patch kid right he's he's just you get that quick like that quick fix you mentioned drug or whatever like You know, for me, it's Sour Patch Kids. I know like my mouth salivates every time I see see Sour Patch Kids or know it's there, but I, you know, I look in the ingredients and it's just full of like, dare I say, toxic things, right? Sugar and whatever, corn syrup, like that's not good for me. It it feels good. Oh my God. Like, oh my God. And I put it in my mouth and it salivates and it's like, oh God, what a fix, right? But I eat too much and I immediately feel like crap. I got like gut rot. I'm just like, oh, I feel sick after doing it, right? And then I swear I'm never gonna do this again. But then I go to the movies or whatever and I see it and it's like in a bowl at a friend's house. I'm like, oh fuck, it's there. And it's like, ah, I can't stay away from it. But like, you can't live off a Sour Patch Kids because the stuff inside is not good for you right? And like, you just have to accept that it's not good for you and move on. Like sour patch kids are never going to be something that I can eat on a regular basis and look and feel the way I want to feel. Right. And so I have to let it go. Nothing's going to change it. Right. My ego can't convince me that somehow like God made my metabolism so special that I can digest and and turn all the toxic ingredients that are in sour patch kids into something that's like, you know, good for me. It's just not going to happen. Right. And you just have to accept that you're being stubborn. And not accepting it, right, like that's it, like you should never entertain a conversation with this guy again unless it includes him saying, "I'm so sorry i i, I should I asked more of you than." Uh, you were able to give because you were very clear about what you wanted out of this. And I asked you to compromise what deep down you knew you shouldn't do. And I'm sorry, but now I realize I do want those things. I hope that you were willing to give me another shot, but I want to make it very clear. I want all the things that you want. I'm willing to make sacrifices. I'm willing to give things up. I want this relationship. I make no promises on how it's going to work out, but I want that. And short of that, like that's the only thing you should do in terms of having if if he doesn't do that then you should never entertain it again and just accept that you know you compromised way back when and that's the only thing you got wrong but other than that you just need to like check your ego and be like hey listen we are good enough we are great but like everyone's not going to love us like we are not deserving of every person that we want It's love and affection, you know, we just have to focus on giving it to the people who want us. Like people talk about checklists, like, oh, checklists, you know, they had, he had it, he had it all. Like, oh my God, it was great. But like people often forget the the box, right? That is they love me or they care about me or they consider my feelings, right? Like that's a box people never want to check. It's just like, well, they have to love you back. They have to like care about you, right? That's a, a box you should want to check. And people often don't check that box, but we ignore that box because they, you know, look good or they're charming or they're funny or or they make money or or like they're good in bed or like they love their parents or they went to a certain college. And, you know, I don't know, but like they, ha- like you don't. It's not your job to get them to love you. It's not your job to get them to show you affection. That's like they, that should come naturally. If it doesn't happen, we just have to accept that that maybe they're not our our guy. And we often have a hard time accepting that. We, did, mm-hmm. we try to check that box on our own It's not your mm-hmm.
6: job Yeah I think it might also be You know I do have a habit of Holding on to people Not even just like relationships itself Even like friendships Like I have a habit of like holding on to people That aren't necessarily like good for me Yeah well, well there's um,
0: something there right That's something you should address I mean if you think yeah. there's a pattern there You know, therapy is a great way of addressing this. So maybe some sort of attachment style or disorder that you're dealing with. Right? It's all like ego driven. Right? You're stubborn. Are you a stubborn person? You seem like a stubborn person. That's okay. I'm stubborn. But
6: (laughs) I am stubborn. Yes. Yeah. So like, like, you know, sometimes I'm always right when I'm not. You're you're stubborn (laughs) to
0: a fault. You don't like accepting that. You know, and your stubbornness probably serves you well in a lot of aspects, maybe even work, like you're a problem solver, you'll get it done. But sometimes you just have to let go. Sometimes you make bets that are bad and nothing you can do is gonna change that. But if you keep betting a bad bet, you'll just keep losing more. So that's just something you're gonna have to work through. And it's good for you to recognize that it is a pattern for you, whether it's friends, whether it's dating situations, you have to be willing to, once you put out what you want and your expectations, and those expectations aren't met, or they even make it clear that they're not willing to meet them. Then, then it's time to leave and walk away. And it's not your job mm-hmm. to convince them that they're wrong. And it's not your job to like explain to them why they should reconsider. Mm-hmm.
6: Mm-hmm.
0: And 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 don't but, let your stubbornness get in the way.
6: Yeah, that's always been the issue on my end.
0: <laughs> yeah. So you know, you're. That's great to identify it now you need to work on it now you need to be able to check yourself now you need to be next time you get in a situation you're this this feeling you feel short of you finding the one and that's hard to do so like chances are the next person you date right is gonna you know not be willing to do something and you need to be able to say okay i accept this and move on Mm -hmm. and 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 not feel like it's some sort of defeat you know Mm -hmm
6: yeah I just need to not compromise on something actually like I would never do this ever again. that's first and last time.
0: Um, but it's probably it yeah, doesn't sound I like it's know. the first time, right like this situation is the first time, but like by your own admission, you have a pattern of being stubborn and and doing even this with friends. and so you just need to like you know I think it'd be a healthy practice for you to like recognize that and be vulnerable with yourself and be like, you know like you know what I'm human. I have some flaws. This is something I need to work on. It's probably gonna take some time. You know, I need to figure out why I do, why I do it. And and so how do I recognize it in the future? So that when it does happen, you say, Aaron, time out. <sighs> like, I just need to stop. I need to, I'm not gonna eat those Sour Patch Kids. This It's this willpower, right? Like at some point you just gotta be like, no. Because like, no matter what you tell yourself, those Sour Patch Kids are gonna make you sick. Doesn't matter. Like a hundred percent of the time, and no matter how stubborn you are, like that's going to happen. And you just keep reaching for it, and you keep putting it in your mouth, right? And so you just have to develop mm-hmm. a, 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 some sort of willpower and trusting yourself, and, and the confidence to say, "Nope, I'm not going to do it," and and find a way to yeah. you know go about your your life that way. And it might take some time, like you know, yeah. So like work on and identify why, you know, invest some resources and time and and, and, and don't just dismiss it. You know, don't just call this situation a one off because it sounds like maybe there are. While this this situation is unique. There are some other patterns in your other relationships in your life that, you know, resemble this in, in various ways. Cool. All right. Well, best well, thank of luck. You so much, Nick. Yeah. Keep your head up. You'll, you'll be fine. And and got to let it go. Got to let him go. You know. Get him out of your life. Oh, yeah. He's gone. Yeah. He's
6: like out the window. But thank you.
0: He might, he might pop <laughs> in again. But, you know.
6: Oh, um yeah. He definitely has. It's just the yeah. ignoring or blocking.
0: All right. So, All right. Thank you. Take care.
6: <laughs> Bye. Bye.
0: Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I know I did. Did I enjoy it? I don't know.
1: I think you did really good. You're giving people some really good, blunt, what they need to hear information.
0: Well, I can't thank you guys enough for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. We certainly uh, enjoy giving it to you. That sounds weird. Uh, (laughs) Sending your questions at asknickatcastpedia.com. Did you enjoy me giving it to you? Sending your questions. Ben Folds, everybody. Ben Folds Wednesday, bye.